Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Online at abtrustco.com. American Business Trust Company. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. California Headline News. The law enforcement officials have now confirmed that the suspicious package addressed to Congresswoman Maxine Waters in South Los Angeles contained a live explosive device. Retired FBI agent Maureen O'Connell says investigators have a lot of evidence to work with. We have a wealth of information at our fingertips. For example, the sticky side of tape is one of the most wonderful substrates to lift fingerprints off of. And a lot of people don't consider that. Meanwhile, in the Bay Area, BART has announced it's increasing security at train stations, even though there has not been a credible threat to the transit system. An investigation is underway after a man and a woman apparently fell from Taft Point in Yosemite National Park. The bodies have been recovered. And the Metro Board of Directors announced today that the transit system will provide free ride to voters on Election Day. The idea was put forward by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, Long Beach Mayor Robert Garcia, and County Supervisors Sheila Kuehl and Mark Ridley-Thomas. Fares for all riders will be lifted on November 6th. Steve Clawson, California News. On Election Day, we need to vote yes on Prop 6 to repeal the gas and vehicle tax. My name is Denise Duncan. We've been in business since 1997. The cost of living and doing business in California is already too expensive, and then they slap a higher gas and vehicle tax on us that will immediately cost the typical California family nearly $800 more. It took our local politicians six days to pass $52 billion in new taxes. Every dollar we have to pay in new taxes is a dollar we cannot pay a new employee or invest in our business. No wonder many businesses are closing or moving out of state. We all want to fix our roads and bridges, but we already pay billions in taxes to cover these repairs. If you are angry every time you see what it costs to fill up at the pump, take it out on the ballot box this November. Vote yes on Prop 6. Repeal the gas and car tax. Paid for and authorized by the National Federation of Independent Business, California Political Action Committee. Modern Family has killed off a character. Vehicle tax this on us. This is the entertainment wrap-up for the IE, and I'm Andrew Caravella. Now, I reported on this a couple months back that Modern Family's new season on ABC was going to kill off a character. Well, I was wrong. I thought they were going to kill off the dog, but no, that's not who they killed off. In Wednesday's Halloween episode of the long-running series, the comedy put speculation to rest by revealing that Mitchell and Claire's mother, Dee Dee, played by Shelley Long, had died. It is said later in the episode, appropriately titled Good Grief, that Dee Dee died in her sleep. The producers behind the series, which is in the midst of what could be its final season, have been teasing a significant character death since September. Though Dee Dee was not a series regular as the mother to two of the main characters and the ex-wife of another, her connection to the characters on the show runs deep. Modern Family airs on Wednesdays on ABC. Now, according to Uproxx, uh, Megan Kelly, as well as everyone else is reporting this, will reportedly end her Today's Show hour following her blackface comments. I mean, after Kelly's comments on Tuesday on her morning show, which is on NBC, she seemed to defend blackface, and the blowback was pretty severe. I mean, first social media attacked her, then her colleagues, and then her boss, who's NBC News chairman Andy Lack. Kelly wound up apologizing. She first uh, emailed 
uh, everyone uh, that was on air. Uh, uh, now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Kelly is expected to wind down her show completely. The decision to have Kelly step down reportedly isn't new, though. The Hollywood Reporter claimed that she had been meeting with network executives in recent weeks to judge the future of her NBC duties. She has reportedly expressed a desire to cover more news and politics. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where those talks are going with her attorneys. And that looks like it's going to be your entertainment wrap-up, 909 and 951, for today. If you see something or hear something that's entertainment-related and you'd like me to cover it, you can always hit me up on social media, handle On Air Andrew. For the entertainment wrap-up, I'm Andrew Caravella. Let it be known that members of the Yucaipa Valley Water District and the San Bernardino Valley Municipal Water District support the election of Ken Munoz to represent the residents and taxpayers of Division 5 of the San Bernardino Valley Municipal Water District. Most importantly, Ken Munoz is a team player. Ken has the communication skills necessary to foster cooperation and achieve consensus regarding policy decisions. As a businessman and former elected official, Ken has over 30 years of experience in water-related industries. As a resident of District 5 for 37 years, Ken will work to protect and preserve precious water reserves. Keep water rates low for consumers. Elect Ken Munoz, San Bernardino Valley Municipal Water Board, Division 5. For more info, it's votekenmunoz.com. Paid for and authorized by Ken Munoz for San Bernardino Valley Municipal Water District, Director Division 5. Political ID 1405728. Live from the NBC Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 10.50 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. Welcome to The Water Zone. We're broadcasting live from sunny California. You're listening to The Water Zone with Chris Stavey and Rob Starr. Hope everybody's having a great afternoon. And we have an excellent show today. I have two Wonder Women on the show. And the uh, first one's on the phone. But I do got to read a, a kind of announcement for what's coming up for the Irrigation Association because I promised to do that for them. And they're a new sponsor. So if you want a first-hand look at the latest irrigation technologies, products, and services on the market, the 2018 Irrigation Show and Education Conference is where you need to be. This annual event is scheduled for December 3rd through the 7th at Long Beach and boasts over 4,500 attendees and exhibitors. And Chris and I are going to be there doing the Absolutely. Water Zone show. We'll be yep. doing a broad live broadcast, and we'll also be doing recording during the show. So stop by our Toro booth, and you'll see the uh, studio that portable studio that's being set up, and uh, you'll enjoy that. So you'll see the latest industry advancements firsthand at a new product contest on the floor. Are we entering anything on that? Uh? Uh, Toro not. Airtrol has a product in there. Okay. Do you know what that is? I don't. Oh, you don't know? Can't, oh. can't reveal it. Can't reveal it yet. Okay. Well, people, you get to see that. Anyway, uh, be part of the most com comprehensive education program in the industry. And to network and connect with other irrigation professionals, you can register today at www.irrigationshow.org. Early bird registration ends November 1st, so please do that. And again, come, come and see uh, Chris and I at, uh, at the Water Zone booth, and uh, we'll have a great show. So anyway, uh, we're going to bring on the maven of Maven's Notebook, the purveyor of Maven's Notebook, and the first Wonder Woman on the show. It will be Miss Chris Austin. Chris, welcome. welcome. Chris. Hi, good evening, guys. How you doing? We haven't talked great. to you for a while. <laughs> yeah, we're having some fun up here in the water world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we want to hear about. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm up here in Sacramento because they are having an an appeal hearing for the California water fix. The what's happening here is. Um, the Delta Reform Act in 2009 created this Delta Stewardship Council. They said you got to go make a plan for the Delta. And then any state or local agency that is planning a project in the Delta must certify that they are consistent with your Delta plan. So the Department of Water Resources filed their consistency determination for the California water fix and says, it, this is consistent with the Delta plan. And so they had an appeal period, and uh, at the end of the appeal, it looked like, like, I mean, it was like 30 days. And on day 30, nine people filed. 
up to, up until then, it was like it actually looked like there was going to be something on the Cal Waterfront that was going to go unopposed. But ha, silly me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last day, nine appeals, twenty six parties, uh, and there they have all sorts of things. It's not you know it's they they are you know definitely in their eyes this is not consistent with the Delta plan, and so um, they also have these are the council has seven members. And they're all appointees, a mix of government employees, and then, like, the Senate leader and the Assembly leader get to pick some appointees that sit on this board, too. So they're all appointed people. And three of them recused themselves from uh, this appeal hearing because they there's potential conflicts of interest. So that leaves four, and which means that, you know, one, there's one person out of the four that we know is definitely going to vote no because he's the head of the Delta Protection Commission. And the people in the Delta, I think it's fair to say, uh, unilaterally opposed this project. So we know he's a no. But what's interesting now is that there's this other guy, this other council member, Mike Gatto, and he has the potential to say no also. He actually said no to to some uh, Delta plan amendments that happened earlier this year uh, that had to deal with Delta conveyance. So there is a real strong possibility that there's going to be a split decision on this. Um, and, and so every, I'm, I'm going around and I'm asking the people, you know, that on the council, I'm like, what happens if it's a split decision? And they can't tell me because they say, you know, it's ex parte communication. I cannot talk with you about that. So uh, they, they've advised me to go look in the appendix of the Delta plan, which has all the procedures laid out. And I haven't had a chance to go look at that yet, but, uh, but that's a, it, it's a very interesting development. <laughs> I, I can't see how they tell you it's ex parte because you're not dealing directly, telling you you're not the court or the decision thing, so... I'm not an expert no, but, at that. but the people, they, they can't talk to anybody about in, anything pretty much oh. that's off the record at this point. And everyone is being extra, extra careful because they don't want to be the one that, you know, takes the whole thing down. So, you know, I, perhaps it's out of an abundance of caution, but nonetheless. So that's, that's very interesting. <laughs> so oh, wow. we'll see. We'll see um, how that goes. They're, they have more public comment tomorrow, and then they'll have a workshop in November, and at the December council meeting is likely when they are to vote on whether they're going to, to say that the, that the water fix is consistent and therefore can go forward, or it's not, and they send it back to DWR, who then has to make changes and can refile um, <laughs> well, doesn't the committee does doesn't it say the committee has to be a certain minimum number? Um, you know, I I think for a quorum, the, I mean, so they can take action. Um, no, I I think that you know three members have recused themselves for conflict of interest, so they have to go forward with the four that they have. Like they can't bring somebody else in, and they can't uh, make these council members. You know, with potential conflicts of interest, they can't make any ruling on this. So they've got the next three months off, it looks like to me. Mm. <laughs> they Chris, they weren't gut? there at the hearing, and, you know. So. Huh? Chris, Chris, what's your gut telling you is going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's a real potential for a split decision vote. So, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> so, so there's that. And then, uh, you know, we have uh, Trump in Washington, D.C., just saying, again, something kind of off the cuff and, you know, not not true. I mean, they they do fact checks on these things. And, and, you know, like he, he says that our management of the forest is horrible and they're tired of, of sending money to California to fight these fires. So he wants to stop sending us money uh, for firefighting, although it's 
uh, they've gone through the numbers, and the state pays the majority of our firefighting bills. I do believe that the federal government has to pay for the firefighting on the federal lands, of which they own most of. Uh, you know, I think they had the majority of uh, of uh, land ownership in the forest, but so they pay some. But California is paying the majority. Um, you know, and and. Trump signed this memo that, you know, is supposed to get more water out to the farmers, but nobody's really sure um, if it's going to do anything or if, you know, how much can be done. Uh, you know, it's just not, it's just not possible, or, or at least it's not easy, to go about um, undoing regulations that have been in place years, uh, you know, and there are things that have been in place for endangered species, and uh, the government cannot, you know, the federal government, the president cannot say, uh, you know, uh, don't you, I'm taking out those regulations. <laughs> I mean, it just, he can't make those unilateral moves. Do you, so, do you, do you think he's mm-hmm. doing it, you know, they, I forget the term that people call him <clears throat> when he tries to create Oh, you uh, for my word, chaos. <clears throat> trying to break the the norm by by saying what he says, so people in, in California will get off their you know what's and do what they got to do because he thinks it's dragging. You know, he's uh, you think he's using that as a as a as a as a condition for people to to do action and not just sit back and you know have their well, laissez faire thing because nothing's changed over all these years. You know, I think, um, I mean, perhaps, uh, in, in my life, I have never had much success with the sledgehammer approach uh, to things. You know, you can come in there and smash things to bit, and I, I don't, I, to me, that it's better to be collaborative. It's better to work with people. Um, yeah, we do need to do some work in our forest, and I think we all recognize that, and I think that's... Uh, you know, but it's we need to be careful how we go about doing this. I mean, we've years ago when you know decades ago they went into the forest and they they decided that the forest needed to be cleaned up. So they pulled out all the dead wood and drug all the stuff out of the forest. And and what do you know? You know those dead that dead wood in there is is part of the forest ecosystem and critters live in that, you know, and it's all supposed to be there. So they have had to go through now, they've had this, they've been doing this now for recent decades, where they, they're putting wood back into the forest. They're putting dead wood back into the stream, because this is where salmon hide. And, you know, this is cover for predators. This is food and bugs, and this is all the stuff that needs to be there if we're going to have salmon and fish in the stream. Um, I mean, we're still trying to undo what we did decades ago. And if we go at the forest and we just start uh, chopping them all down, uh, we're probably going to regret that, you know. So it, it has to be done carefully. And, you know, I think that it needs to be done collaboratively i you know but i that doesn't seem to be a way that uh that washington seems to be willing to work no, with california no, I, I agree so. but I, I i think he's just trying to stir things up so people do get things done because nothing's really changed in a long time that is his modus mm-hmm. operandi yeah <clears throat> you know he's a stick and move kind of guy <laughs> yeah you know and and i have to say you know it's not my management style no uh, I I never would have gotten anywhere with my staff if I came in with a sledgehammer and you know said really provocative things to get everybody up in arms and uh, you know um, when you know I think part of the problem, especially in California water, is that there's so much rhetoric that flies around yep. and it's like people don't ask maybe for just what they need they feel that they have to blow everything up and out of proportion and make it sound terrible uh, and 
so that you won't take that action. Welcome to but, politics. Yeah, it, but you know, it, it, and, and they're hope or they're hoping, you know, well, well, maybe I want this much water in the river. So if I say, you know, I got to have this much, and it's so so bad that you know they're going to win something, and that you know you're going to go to negotiate. And and I, I I just don't think it's very it's very effective. And oh. I think once you're kind of seen as overblown and shrieking and all that, then people tend to, you know, start discounting what you say. But, but that's the thing; they need to come together and negotiate and settle. But they both take everybody's taking their own side, and nobody wants to mm-hmm. compromise. And that's that's what's been going on for a long time. And yeah, I, I and it's. Especially with this water stuff, it really it it really falls down to you know how it's going to affect you or your constituent group, you know, personally, because yeah. these things do affect people personally. I mean, the people in the Delta are fighting because those are their homes, yep. you know, and we would fight for our home too. You know, I mean, if you if your street was challenged, they were going to send you know. 2,000 more cars down your street every day, you know, you'd be down at city council, you'd be mad, you'd be fighting, you know. And so this is, you know, kind of what's going on with the people in the Delta. No, you're you're absolutely right. And, uh, but somebody's got to change it. Maybe, you know, there's an election coming in a couple days, so maybe uh, there'll be some changes, but don't know. Well, we got to go to a break. Uh, and then bring on our next guest because we have a training session to do for the Irrigation Association. Chris, we love you to be on all the time, and you are the Maven of Maven's Notebook. Anybody who wants to go to that and read it, it's www.mavensnotebook.com, and be a, be a subscriber to it. It's a great, uh, great publication, and you'll learn a lot more than we can tell you. So we'll be back in a minute. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, Chris. Good evening. CAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292 FQ Riverside, and K293 CF Moreno Valley. If you knew there was a pipe cement that works better than the one you're currently using, is better for you and the environment, and costs the same or less, would you buy it? Oh, well, no brainer, right? Weldon, the trusted leader in solvent cements for over 60 years, is pleased to introduce a new line of solvent cements that does all that. Introducing the Eco-Series line of solvent cements for PVC piping systems. Not only does it work great and set fast, it also has 30% lower solvent emissions and less smelly fumes, a better workplace environment when you're installing pipes. But don't just take our word for it. Eco-Series products are the only solvent cements that are Green Seal certified for environmental innovation for effective performance, improved working conditions, and for use with potable water. Now available in a medium-bodied, fast-setting blue formula, 905 Eco, and a regular-bodied, fast-setting clear formula, 900 Eco. Pick up a can today from your local distributor and see, smell, and feel the difference, just like Joe Sweat, president of Sunrise Irrigation, did. He said, after using Weldon's 905 Eco, we immediately noticed the application was smooth and there was noticeably less odor than other blue solvent cements on the market. The guys love it. To learn more about eco-solvent cements from Weldon, visit the website at www.weldon.com or call the Technical Service Hotline at 877-477-8327. That's 877-477-8327. Time to take a water break and talk some water. Irrigation. such a refreshing topic. As more and more markets face water restrictions, your customers may be hungry or, should I say, thirsty for water-saving products. For new installations, add options like drip irrigation, controllers that respond to weather data, pressure-regulating heads, or heads with check valves. They all provide easy ways to differentiate your bids and win more jobs. Or for an extra stream of revenue, offer existing customers upgrades like high-efficiency nozzles, rotary nozzles, or Wi-Fi-based controllers. Because when you help your customers save water, you make a world of difference for the earth and your bottom line at the same time. We'll drink to that. All 
right, welcome back to the second half of the Water Zone Show, and this is where we have uh, training uh, for the Irrigation uh, Association members. Uh, you can get a continuing education units, and we'll tell you near the end of the show what the code is, so when you write in, uh, then that shows that you listened or watched the show. Uh, if you want to watch it, it's on KC, www.kcaaradio.com, and uh, it's live, so you can see it there, uh, and or you can listen to this. Uh, what we have now is a uh, another Wonder Woman named Kathy Kellogg-Johnson. She's chairman of the board of Kellogg uh, Garden Products, and her talk today is going to be on soil science for everybody. So I'd like to introduce and welcome Kathy to the show. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. Do you want me to launch in? We've it's got all a, yours. I, um, for those of you who were listening to the last segment, there is such a big... Uh, connection between soil and water. It may seem like, why are we talking about soil? This is a water show, but it's extremely related. You want to know the dirt on water. <laughs> <laughs> the dirt on soil, yes. right? Dirt on soil. So here we go. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me on the show. And I was going to go a little bit. You said, let's go back a bit in history so we can just see where we've um, come from. And our, uh, I'm going to advance the slide just one more time. But what, what I wanted to let you guys know is the history of Kellogg. We've been in business since 1925 here on the West Coast. But everyone asks, are you related, right? And they don't mean, am I related to the soil company ever? Or us. No, they don't ask if we're related. <laughs> but they, but are you related to the cereal company? So I go back through, and, and for those of you who are watching, I can, uh, um, I'll, I'll move it forward, but there's um, three brothers arrived from England in 1671, Daniel, Joseph, and Samuel, and they kilned logs in the old country, and that's why we were named the Kellogg family. Oh. One of those Kelloggs then uh, established the cereal comp company in Battle Creek, Michigan, but our ancestor came across the country with the Donner Party. So we get no Frosted Flakes. Yes, you no know Frosted Flakes. And why am I? Why is there a Kellogg here if we came across with the Donner Party? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, our Benjamin was um, wise enough to have come across all the way um, across the um, from Salt Lake City. He parted from the Donner Party and came into Sacramento Valley, established, sent a couple rescue parties in and um, was settled in the Sacramento Valley. H. Clay Kellogg then uh, moved into Anaheim, and he, if you've ever been to the Kellogg Museum in Orange County, the Heritage Museum, that was his home. And so he is my great-grandfather, my grandfather, H. Clay Kellogg. He founded the soil company in 1925 with nitrohumus, and it, uh, nurtured the, the victory gardens of World War II. In the 1950s, uh, Kellogg, Walter Knott, and Walt Disney were all friends and contemporaries, and H. Clay Kellogg uh, tried to counsel Walt Disney as he constructed the Jungle, ri the, he constructed the jungle Ride, and uh, Walt Disney wanted to create the happiest place on Earth. His favorite book was Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book, and so he uh, wanted to create this tropical paradise in Anaheim. Well, in 1955, the arid chaparral climate of Anaheim wouldn't support any tropicals, so Grandpa and Walt Disney formed uh, soil, which is redwood and nitrohumus together formed the soil that sits today even underneath the jungle ride at Disneyland. And so um, that was the origins of our family company. And he made a very fortuitous decision in Salt Lake then. He did. That's <laughs> why we're here. And so if I could, sorry if I'm having trouble with the visuals. Let's go on to our topic today, which is soil. And uh, I don't know if our engineer can shrink it a little bit so I can get to the controls. Because I can't see that. There we go. You need the ribbon at the bottom? Yeah. There you go. So we're going to go this way. 
Okay, so we shouldn't be silent in radio, right? Yep. <laughs> Here we go. When we're, we're talking about soil today and how it connects with water. In 1935, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he also was very concerned with our soil, and his quote here is, a nation that destroys its soil destroys itself. Forests are the lung of our, lungs of our land, purifying the air and giving fresh strength to our people. So he understood the Dust Bowl of the, 30, of the 30s, and he understood and he also set up our nation with some neat soil conservation laws. Um, my in the victory gardens of World War II actually helped our nation grow food and several, like 60% of our food came from backyard gardens. 60%? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, in the 1940s in yeah. the victory gardens. Because the farming, farming supplied the military, is that what was most that of that? Um, yes, it's a, actually so that the population could feed itself, exactly, and farming supplied our military. So another historic point in our history, my father and I were gardening in the early 70s, and he, I wondered, why is he dumping soil on soil? Why are you putting dirt on dirt, Dad? And he said, hey, it ought to be a crime to landfill anything organic. Our soil is starving for organic matter. It's such a foolish... Uh, thing to put or anything organic in a landfill. So Kellogg has grown through these years with these principles of organic fertilizers, organic soils. Um, more recently, we've acquired a company that um, produces a potassium bicarbonate organic fund. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Decide a sesame oil-based pesticide that you can eat right after you use, mm. and beneficial insects. So if you're getting ladybugs and praying mantids and predatory mites, this is, we're adding life to the garden. Basically, the soil is alive. And our, uh, if we don't know that, then we don't treat the soil well, and then the soil doesn't treat our plants well, and then our, we have drought. As you'll see here, the drought monitor for the state of California, we have a very dry, arid condition that's getting worse with time. And soil is an incredibly important factor to improving or switching that momentum. This, um, we may be the first person to know about it. We might be the second person to know that soil and water are interconnected, but I think we're starting a movement. S the importance of knowing our soil is alive, it can hold water like a sponge, is something that is starting to get attention. And it's starting a movement. Lots of people are, are on board with the fact that soil can hold more water and more carbon than we ever thought. We're no longer alone, and this new term for what it is that we're doing, since this won't play, I'll go on. We are calling a new term today. Instead of sustainable management, we're going to regenerative gardening, regenerative farming. In other words, why would we sustain a condition that's pretty damaged already? Our soil has been depleted. We've used chemical fertilizers and farming practices that have destroyed the carbon in the soil, driven the carbon into the atmosphere. And instead, today, even though some people say there's just 60 more harvests, 
until the very end of our ability to grow food to sustain our planet and sustain our population. But if we start now regenerating our land, we will be, we will be able to sustain enough food for the population. So the last 150 years, we've been applying chemical inputs, we've been tilling deep, we've been driving carbon into the atmosphere. We don't want to sustain that and maintain this damaged soil. We want to regenerate our agriculture and we want to regenerate our landscapes. The thing I love about this concept is though there's so much degraded soil all over the world, we have a hopeful opportunity that if we turn around our practices and put more organic material in the soil, we will turn around our agriculture, we'll turn around our forestation. In fact, Alan Savory, one of the greatest scientists of our time, mm. who studied in Zimbabwe, he, he's quoted here, it's not drought that causes bare ground, it's bare ground that causes droughts. That's insightful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been, s been uh, advocating putting down plastic, you know, for lawns, pulling out landscapes, putting in rocks. But there's great evidence that that is the worst thing we could do to turn around this degenerated landscape and, and agriculture. Alan Savory, in fact, um, if you YouTube, if you Google him and see some of his talks, he considers it the the worst, his worst contribution of his life, he and the Z Zimbabwean government uh, killed 40,000 elephants in the 70s and 80s because they thought elephants were destroying the ground and destroying the forests. But he come to find that actually elephants were regenerating. Hmm. And in Africa, they have a, they have a terrible condition of uh, deforestation and desertification. And if you study, as um, I can play this clip here, hopefully, and you can see it if you want to tune in. This is in Zimbabwe. Our guide is describing the elephant dung. And as opposed to elephants being the worst degradators of land, they in fact are consuming entire pods and they don't crush the seeds and their digestive system doesn't in fact destroy the seeds but it carry their dung in cannonball like germination packets drops to the ground and contains enough water and enough organic matter to germinate a seed and migrate a seed and plant a whole new forest so they've come to find that the elephants in fact are regenerators of the african plains he said he, Alan Savory said he would take it to his grave, um, the recommendation for killing all those oh. elephants as one of the worst things he's ever recommended. So today he studies and recommends uh, grazing herds to restore soil to cover the soil with plants and that the cover crops then and the abundance of plants are the answer to this desertification of soil. So we as Californians are facing similar conditions to Africa. Our trees, as we just saw in the last call, our trees are being cut down. Even smart people are recommending that plants be pulled out and rocks be put in their place to save water. But this is not the solution. Putting you know, signs on the freeway saying, help, there's a drought, or a PSA that says, please turn off the tap while you're brushing your teeth. None of that puts a dent in our water. Our water is running down our channels. Uh, it is going down the concrete or the asphalt and one billion gallons a day is running into the ocean of water that could nurture plants. So it's a system problem and it's a, a lack of understanding. In fact, three inches of organic mulch applied to topsoil can save, we've shown, at least 30% of the water lost by evaporation. 
So our recommendation, and if you take one thing away from this program, can I give the bottom line to this yeah, whole time? Absolutely. No more naked soil. No more naked soil. If you could just take one thing away from how to conserve water, more than turning off your tap, more than uh, limiting the loads of laundry, if you can cover your soil, you're saving tremendous amounts of water when you create a sponge-like consistency in your soil. As you can see here, the difference between a soil that, is, that has organic content versus a bare soil without anything organic in it, it behaves differently. The plants won't grow in a bare soil, and the uh, plants will continue a cycle of growing in an organic soil. There was kind of a nutty idea we worked with the state of California and the Environmental Media Association with um, trying to communicate to all Californians how it was they could really know how simple covering your soil, using abundant amounts of compost, don't throw away anything organic ever again, use it, cover your soil with it. And so we came up with the idea of a naked uh, soil commercial. That would be kind of insane circumstances. You'd never have a football player or a, a goalie for the hockey team, you know, playing naked. Hopefully you wouldn't have a... S well, Joe, Joe Namath <laughs> wore pantyhose for $5 million, so... Well, hey, <laughs> I don't know if we have $5 million. <laughs> but just, I, just saying. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> so just to, just to drive the concept home and have people understand that if you took the simple step of never, ever, ever having any naked soil we would save a significant amount of water. So we, uh, the Cuyamaca College, uh, the Department of Energy actually commissioned Cuyamaca College to do a study on different mulches. They took you know, ground up tires, green waste in one inch, three inch, five inch, I think seven inch. They took grow mulch in three, in three inch and um, of course control and they studied just by applying this mulch to the top of soil, how much water would be saved. And in the study, it found that actually 60%, it saved 60% of the water by uh, organic mulch being applied to the top of the soil, three inches of organic mulch. They, it was so unbelievable they did the, the study again, and the, came, na the numbers came out the same. Identical. Mm -hmm. yep. So we took that slogan and we cut down the, um, from 60%, feeling that three inches of an organic mulch saves 30% of water is something you can remember mm -hmm. and easily um, you know, called to mind. The US Composting Council at the same time pursued a, this message that when you put organic matter, ideally compost, in the soil around the roots, you wanna strive for a 5% organic content and you will save uh, water retention. 20% of the water will be retained around the root zone, which is what you want. So whether you remember it as a slogan, no more naked soil, mm -hmm. or strive for five, or 3% saves 30, bottom line is always cover the soil, and ideally with uh, three inches of organic matter underneath that mulch, and you will reduce your water bill significantly. You'll also provide the cover and the plants that cool the climate. In this visual, and for those that aren't watching, it was pretty mind-blowing to me. In a field of what looks like Italian parsley, they took temperature readings on the leaves. The leaf registered as 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Similarly, they took a green piece of paper in the very same place. When they registered its temperature, it was 89.6 degrees. Right next to it on the bare soil, the bare soil temperature registered 138 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Yeah, it's a significant issue raising the temperature of our planet, bare naked soil. So cover crops, great idea. You know, no-till agriculture, great idea. The uh, People of Green America are, have put out a PSA starring Ron Finley, the gangster gardener, and Rosario Dawson 
just naming five things we all can do that will help, not only with water savings, but with climate change. In other words, you can reduce the temperature of the planet by having more plants. How do we do this? You know, fresh water, fertile soil, balanced climate. It's pretty simple. We plant trees and we have more, more plants. This is a picture, we climbed Kilimanjaro just in July actually middle of June, but you'll notice for the last two decades, this highest peak in Africa, 19,600 feet at its top, has looked pretty bare, pretty beautiful against the sky. But what's interesting is we traveled around Africa with Plant With Purpose, an organization that just in the last eight years has planted 10 million trees around mm. the base of Kilimanjaro. This is what the snows look like they have um, returned to the mountain. And we had people coming out of the forests and stopping us and saying, since, the wor since this organization has encouraged the people of Tanzania to plant trees, the snows have returned to Kilimanjaro. The streams have begun running from the mountain into the fertile valleys. And not just with major rain events. Major rain events will take the mountain down the valley with it, take the soil away, mm -hmm. destroy the villages. But regular snow cap and regular rain events just restore the streams. Then the trees are more fertile, the coffee's growing, business is returned uh, to an abundant level. This is, um, it was such a beautiful thing to watch. I was there in 2010, 2014, 2018, and to see the tree cover was significant. You could tell the difference. So the snows have returned to Kilimanjaro with planting of trees. And that was 10 million trees, you said? 10 million trees. Wow. 10 million trees just around Kilimanjaro. Yeah, they've altogether, Plant With Purpose has planted 27 million trees wow. since the be their beginning. It's a great organization. I urge anyone to look it up, Pla uh, plantwithpurpose.org. And they have, crea they have started with upstream problems always. And as they, um, it has reversed the cycle of poverty just by restoring tree covers into the uplands. Healthy soil really is built from thin air. Mm -hmm. How? It's built through just the regular process of trees pulling in carbon and exuding the carbon through the roots, through exudates into the root zone. In other words, when we talk about climate change, uh, I know a lot, I don't know, do you feel sometimes just incapable of doing anything about the warming planet? Yeah, I, I, well, what, I, what I oppose is everybody pulling out their grass and they worry about climate change and they put the artificial turf in which raises the temperature that part. So I see a lot of that. There was, there's also a study I, I, Chris and I talked about before where the money that they spent for the cash for grass program in California, if they took that money and applied it for rebates for farmers mm -hmm. to help do what they need to do, they would have saved 25 times the amount of water. Yes. The homes didn't really save a whole lot. Right. As much as we can save with our backyards, yeah. If we restored the soil in the farmlands, we're talking massive amounts yes. of water, a couple Lake Tahoes a year, yeah. are saved. In the similar with carbon, it's not a political issue. Wh whether there's too much carbon in the atmosphere and too little in the soil, the, um, the issue is we need to put it in the soil. And carbon is taken in by the leaves of trees and plants, and it's um, sequestered in soil. The um, atmosphere would hold 750 billion tons of carbon, which is, sounds huge, but the soil, the petosphere, holds 2.3 billion tons of carbon. Yeah, almost five times as much. Yeah, and we've driven the carbon out of the soil and into the atmosphere yeah. through farming practices that we can correct. Yeah. That's what's so hopeful and so nice. Trees and plants build soil mm -hmm. from thin air. Mm -hmm. 
And that carbon, or photos photosynthesis, that carbon is taken in through the trees and exuded through the roots into what's called the rhizosphere. Okay, mm -hmm. so the rhizosphere right around the roots of the plant, these little tiny hairs that are on the roots of the plant, that's th where the real action take place. These microbes feed on that sugar that has been pulled down through the tree and the plant exudes nutrients for the microbes. The microbes consume those nutrients and, and they establish the, ca the carbon into the recalcitrant layer of the soil. Then the microbes exude nitrogen, which feed the plant. So it's like a little motor started. Sure, yeah. When you take organic material, you plant trees in it, you have started a motor that pulls carbon out of the atmosphere. It's nature at its very, very best. Copious amounts of carbon makes, copious amounts of compost make carbon-rich soil. Right. And then the carbon-rich soil really does a beautiful job at making soil aggregate. And when soil aggregates sort of like a barrel full of popcorn balls, mm -hmm. you end up with space for soil, a space for water, space for oxygen, space for nutrients. And the structure of the soil is very beautiful. The second benefit of a really healthy soil is its positive impacts on rivers, lakes, streams, and oceans. In other words, if the water drops on the soil and is taken in like a sponge, it's not running down the, r the LA River and into the ocean. It's not carrying mounds of pollution or nitrogen fertilizers into bodies of water that will kill fish yeah. or cause an algal bloom that will take the oxygen out of the water. So soil, when treated well on the land, even far, away from the ocean and far upstream can prote protect the ocean. If there was attention given to soil as a living, breathing entity, we would, uh, we would have a much less problem with runoff and pollution in our rivers. You know, it's funny when people take soil and put it under a microscope, they just think it's dirt, but it actually jiggles. Oh, you want to see it? <laughs> you want to see it? We could go there. Oh. Um, because I love the fact that soil is alive. You just touched on my very favorite subject. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Soil, you know, it's chemical, it's physical, but most of all, it's biological. Mm -hmm. And yes, when people see the fact that soil, there is more microorganisms in one handful of soil than there are people on the planet. Wow. <laughs> and those microorganisms are so important. Here, I'm going to play a little clip. Now, this is grow mulch under a microscope. We could do it with a nice compost. This is one that's come from a garden. And you'll start to see if anybody can tune in and look at the screen. This is really fun to watch. It is not your eyes fooling you, but there are bacteria, those tiny, tiny little specks that are wiggling and moving. Those are the fertilizer bags in the soil. And that uh, clear circle, a protozoa, is going to hunt down a bacteria, ingest it, and then exude the nutrients that the plant needs. There's also mineral particles in this shot and a rod-shaped bacteria that you can see just in the upper left. What's what I love about that and what the scientists pointed out who, who together, this is what I do for fun on a Friday night, Robert. <laughs> 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 but we were looking at this and he says, you know, the best thing, the most um, fertile soil is a diversity, is a soil with a lot of diversity. Rod-shaped bacteria, protozoa, bacteria, beneficial nematodes. The more creatures there are in your teaspoonful of soil, the healthier the whole system is. The healthier the plant, the more water it holds, the more leaves that are on the tree, the more resistant the plant is to pests because it grows slowly and there's a thicker cell wall to the plant. So then it doesn't fall victim to pests that seek out the, the thin cell walled plant. Yeah. Given, given the handful that the video showed before, how long do they stay alive? It's a, for, it's a forever, 
endeavor until you salt it with um, chemicals. Mm. So part of, part of what's exciting is we can, we can reverse what we've done to soil. It is so willing to come back and be alive with all this organic matter, the manures and the uh, bat guano worm castings. The l live organic matter feeds this process that you see on the screen in front of us and it becomes this living system that I mentioned. Yeah, that's amazing for anybody who's watching this. And again, if you have a computer, you go to www.kcaaradio.com and, and you can see the live, live videos from this. It's, it's incredible. It's fun to see. And I think every time I've shown this uh, per, to people who, um, even excellent longtime gardeners, you start realizing your soil is alive and you need to feed it. And then when you feed your soil, your soil feeds your plants. And when you're feeding a system like this, it's holding water, it's delivering oxygen, it's delivering nutrients. And yes, I you know, recommend putting another couple inches of compost on it every single year or every time you rotate through your plants or mm -hmm. rotate through your crop. You, you end up with a system that needs very little chemical inputs mm -hmm. and very strong plants that don't need to be protected with chemicals. I will go out on a limb here, but I, I think of how, what we've been doing to our gardens as chemotherapy. Yeah, you know, we've been, yeah, we've been killing everything. We've been killing the soil with salts and then killing all the creatures in the garden with pesticides. Mm -hmm. And no wonder we're sick. <laughs> well. Yeah, so we can st reverse that and put organics in the soil um, use bugs to control pest infestations, and we um, really can reverse this climate change. I um, went over a hundred studies that corroborate and talk about how using copious amounts of organic material in soil save water and hold so much. Uh, the water retention is um, kind of a fancy term for act like a sponge and hold water around the roots of the plants. But with more organic matter, the more water is held around the roots, the stronger the plants are, the more mycorrhizal fungi develop, and the healthier of an of a environment we leave to our children. This is that study that I talked to you about, um, commissioned by the Department of Energy, showing how many inches of water are saved, uh, how many by treating soil with all these uh, you know, OGC and fabric and bark were less effective than a really good composted organic soil. Now I know we're getting to the end of our time, but I do have a whole little chapter on evapotranspiration, just the explanation of how water is lost through the expiring both, it's a combination of, you probably know this better than I do, you probably had whole programs on Yeah, we do this for a living. <laughs> we do this, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So mulch can reduce evaporation by 70%. That means what's escaping from the soil. And then the transpir sorry, the transpiration that um, the plant is actually exuding, it'll save that as well. So this ET index, this just is a nice illustration for people as simple as I am. I needed to understand how the leaf breathed how it transpired, how it took in, how the stoma takes in CO2 and exudes oxygen. When I start to understand it at that um, vascular level and uh, how, how, the plant, um, how the plant holds onto water or res respires water, I um, start to have an appreciation for just how important it is to cover the soil with mulch and um, you will save loads of water. So I think where that will conclude our time, unless you had any questions for me. Well, let me just say before we do that, uh, for those of you who watched or listened to get your continuing education units, when you write to the Irrigation Association, basically by email, please use the code W is in William, Z is in Zebra, dash K is in Kellogg. And that'll be the code for the show, the, the show the, them that you uh, did participate in this. Again, W as in William, Z as in Zebra, dash K as in Kellogg. 
Chris, so I, I have a question about the Plants for Purpose. Is that a is that a multinational organization? Are they based in the U.S.? Are they based to where, where are they based? And how mm-hmm. how can people find out more about them? Do they have a website? Yes, plantwithpurpose.org. Plantwithpurpose.org. Started in the Dominican Republic over okay. 30 years ago, and they have yeah. planted 27 million trees. But it's a wonderful organization. Yeah. All over the world, these trees are, or, mm-hmm. or or have they just focused on? certain geologic areas they've actually geographical areas i'm sorry they've actually focused most on helping people in Mm -hmm. the rural poor the rural poor is uh, very very difficult to get to so they started in dr uh, moved to haiti thailand the drc the uh, congo burundi tanzania and uh, ethiopia thailand and oaxaca mexico so they have found uh People come to them that uh, that the poorest of the poor, but always seeking to help themselves. It's uh, how about natural mulching? You said you know never throw anything away that's organic, right? So what what resources can you tell our listeners they can go to to find ways to start uh, organic composting themselves? Yeah, it's um, I always start with just a bucket in the kitchen. Oh, and I think also home. Backyard composting is a, a very effective waste reduction technique. I wouldn't think you're going to, don't be afraid that you're going to make way too much compost for your garden. In fact, you start out with, and I'm, I might have the numbers a little bit close, but if you start out with 10 pounds, you will not get a pound of compost. Mm. So starting just with the banana peels, I mm-hmm. wouldn't put meat, I wouldn't put eggs, I, w- no. I would just put um, everything you call into a bucket and then my habit is to take it to the backyard daily every two days and um, I actually layer it in with a compost I buy at the store so uh, you know I bring a bag of amend out there and right. I, I cover over the uh, scraps of food because then you reduce the flies right right so you just uh, so you're just adding a layer to it so as you say uh, Never throw anything away that's organic. What products commercially can people use to help amend their soil? Ah, well, I'm a big fan of Kellogg. Gardener and Bloom is also a product found at independent nurseries in your area, quality garden centers. And um, the Kellogg brand is found at Home Depot and Lowe's and large garden centers. Kathy, we appreciate you coming on the show and giving the the training to everybody. And... uh, Hope all you IA people uh, learned a whole lot from this, because we sure did, and the videos were awesome. So, <laughs> Kathy, thanks very much for joining us on the Water Zone today. Chris, thanks for being here again. All right, Thank great, you, Chris. Uh, great to be here, and great to be here Thank with you, you too, Kathy. And people, we'll talk to you next week, and the most important thing you all have to remember is Think, think Blue. blue. KCAA 103.5.